gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, Electricity here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Louis Price Stadium is second to none. And the rain breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert, Bill Molinax, My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Davis. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Cinerama Studios and built by the Barn Doe Co., where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, or Tennessee, that's where you want to go. They're one of the U.S.'s best builders, and they are Gamecock-owned and operated. Isn't that neat? TheBarnDominiumCo.com, you'll find something you've never seen before. Signorama, of course, is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, and you can find their work all over campus in Columbia and all over the state of South Carolina. You do not, uh, let me say this a thousand times, you do not have to live in Columbia to use Matt Vaughn and Signorama at West Columbia. They'll do work for you wherever you are. I know there's other locations out there, but these guys are the best. No disrespect to anybody else. Matt is a uh, Gamecock himself, of course, and uh, they do work for folks all over the state. Signorama.com, 803-407-9284. Certainly contact us. We'll put you right in touch with Matt if need be. JB, JC, and Phil here until 1 o'clock. Mike Morgan will split it up halfway through and join us at 12.05. I apologize for having to kind of dip off yesterday. We've got um, we've got a um, – an, a, a rough go of it with one of our dogs right now, so uh, something kind of came up, and he's he's here, so that's good. It's a good thing, and we are too, so we hope you'll stick around the next couple of hours. Tonight at 7, the much-anticipated, can't-wait, 15-more-months, 2024 football schedule will be released. While we're all excited about 23, there's nothing like the 24 schedule, so you can start planning weddings and funerals and all that type stuff. Um, so looking forward to that. JC and Phil and myself, we all have kind of our predictions. We all did put some logic and thought into this, and I think I'm going to be closer than these two chumps. Uh, so, um, so that's good. Uh, we will, since I had to kind of get out of here a little bit early yesterday, we will um, also. I've got some thoughts. Just you know, for anybody that likes good baseball thoughts on the 23 season moving forward to 24, and we'll we'll certainly get some of that in the World Series. Of course, will play out beginning Friday at 2 o'clock, 
in Omaha without the Gamecocks this year, once again. But hopefully they'll return in 2024, and they've got quite the nucleus to be able to do so. And things are going, I'd say, pretty well in the portal uh, at this point. Still some pieces to add, but they're going pretty well. So uh, we got plenty. It is also the birthday of the amazing United States Army. How happy birthday to the U.S. Army and all of those whom have represented our country by putting on their gear. Uh, it takes someone brave to do that, and we've got the bravest in the world and of all time. So happy birthday to the U.S. Army. It is National Flag Day. So wear your flag or on your home or put your flag out in front of your home if you haven't done so. Wear your colors proudly. And celebrate the U.S. Army's birthday and Flag Day with bourbon because it's also National Bourbon Day. June 14th is a pretty significant <laughs> 24 hours in the slate of the calendar year. Uh, so I think tonight I'm going to pour, shouldn't be a shocker to either one of you, a nice glass of Buffalo Trace to honor the U.S. Army and the U.S. in general. Man, what about you guys? Or at least two, one for the flag, you know, one for the army. Yeah. <laughs> Have it all set up there, right? One for the distillery, since we're celebrating Bourbon Day. There you go. There's three right there automatically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I yeah, I'm I'm going with Trace. Phil, are you a big bourbon guy or are you just Yeah, that? I love bourbon. Both, okay. both bourbon. What, I got what makers is your... at home right now. Yeah, that's uh, my go to is just makers here because I don't have wrong with that. I, well, I haven't developed a relationship well enough with any of the local, you know, liquor providers around here to where I can get my hands on anything other than that okay. <laughs> at, at a reasonable Fair. price. Let me put it that way. Yeah, I can find stuff, but, you know, I'm not a I'm not a two hundred dollar a bottle guy. JB. Yeah, well, that's uh, fair enough. I have a two hundred. Well, I'm on the list. I haven't been. Approved right. Yet. Yeah. I have a two hundred dollar bottle of bourbon coming. Anybody want mm. to guess what it is? Oh, I don't know. So no. think, think outside the box. Oh, how about, how about you, JC? Think like an outsider. Oh, the Eric Church uh, bourbon, huh? Uh, what is it called? Ah, poo. Is it called Chief? Well, no. No. <laughs> uh, I, I, could, I could cheat and Google Eric Church bourbon. It's called Gypsy Whiskey. Gypsy whiskey. I like Gypsy. that. Gypsy. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. $200 a bottle. I'm on the list to, to get it. We'll see if I get it or not. Well, I'm hoping that it comes in because two weeks from this Friday, I'll be spending time with the chief right here in the low country over on Daniel Island. And mm. it's been since That's right. Coming up, huh? December of 21. Yeah. So oh, wow. we're, uh, I know he he misses me. I mean, he he sent me a note and said, you know, we need your vocals in the pit. I said, I got you. Um, you know, been been tuning them up, and we're good. Yeah, we should be. We should have a good time. So I'll probably skip the show that days. I need to start pregaming when I wake up. So um, I know. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you're uh, you're you're excused. It's an excused absence. Appreciate that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So. yeah. It's well, like my cousin was making fun of. Making fun of my my well me now I won't lump Carrie into this, but um, he said you're staying at a hotel. You live here. Why are you staying at a hotel? I was like, <laughs> I mean, why not? You know, I, I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to have to pay the 
Uber to get home. It's cheaper to stay in a hotel than it is to Uber there and back anymore. I can only imagine how much Uber, yeah, to and fro would cost, you know. Yeah, and then that back trip's going to be during that peak hours or whatever, where they really just jab it in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like um, it's like the old Bahamas trick. Oh yeah, ten dollars. We'll get you where you want to go. Oh, we need, oh, you need to get home. Oh, it's three hundred. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what Uber's turned into. So it went off the rails yesterday when I had to dip out. Huh? Is that what I heard? Well, we started talking about Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Oh, that's off the rails. That led to other discussions. That's um, right. <laughs> Some Lord of the and, Rings uh, oh, references, and, and Hobbit stuff. The, uh, the blue chip ratio and how I mean, it's Lord of the Rings. Well, all that good stuff. That's there's nothing like good quality sports radio. You know, can't get that anywhere else. <laughs> no, you're not. No, that's definitely no. we. We're a very unique program at times. Oh, you, you did. No my, I did my Gollum <laughs> impersonation uh, about the blue chip. Uh, my point was that a lot of sports writers like just love the blue chip ratio, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I think it's the most Captain Obvious. Uh, you know, okay. So are you telling? Oh, so what you're saying is. Uh, national championship college football teams, half their roster at least is filled with blue chip recruits. Yeah. Really? Typically loaded with top talent. Wow. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a very narrow, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not a formula. It's a very narrow thing. It's like there's two national champions. I mean, you know, not can you play for it? Not can you win a conference title? Not can you get in the playoff? Not can you get New Year's Day? It's just winning national championships. And if you look, uh, that's a very exclusive club in college football. You know, yeah. um, I don't think – I think you could probably go back into the, the 80s and 70s, and with the exception of BYU in 1984, uh, maybe Georgia Tech in 1990 that shared the title. Mm-hmm. I think every one of those teams that won it all probably, you know, good chance half their roster one way or the other was filled with blue-chip recruits. So, uh, But but I, I said that they, 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 they hold on to it like Gollum, like, my precious, sir, my precious blue-chip ratio. And then I like, and because I kind of, I don't, I don't want to say criticize it, but I'm not, I'm not buying it. They look at me and then they're like, the fat one, the fat one does not like the blue chip ratio. Yeah. Uh, and then I started talking smack about Sean Aston. Sean Aston. Is that, is his name Sean Aston? Who is that? Uh, is that his name? Sean Aston? Uh, yeah, Rudy? Sean Aston. Sean Aston. Oh. Yeah, Rudy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. He, he was one of the hobbits Sean and Aston. I was like, you know, he was the fat one. And uh, I was like, I didn't like him in any movie at all, uh, except Fifty First Dates when he was like the roided out brother with Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. Yeah, he was, I he was that, really I, funny in that movie. I thought he was really funny in that one, but uh, other than that, I've, 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 I didn't even like him in Goonies. He's whiny. He was a little whiny. Yeah. Oh my he God, one eyed Willie! Oh my yeah. God! <laughs> oh, this is our time down here. You do Shut like up. Rudy though. You do like Rudy. You know, right? I love the movie, but I don't like him. Oh. <laughs> the fat one. But he's. I enjoyed you, his performance like in him? the Stranger Things when he was in Stranger Things, though. I mean, yeah. I don't he did. know. He's just yeah. not my I'm favorite. I'm with you on that. He's Stranger Things. He's like Ross from Friends. Not to turn this thing in a different direction, so don't even comment on it. But Stranger Things, I, I thought, would be, would be a lot better as it went along than it was. But that's for another day. But yeah. yeah, he did do uh he did do well in Stranger Things. I, I mean I thought he did great in Rudy. Poor little kid. He was getting his rear end kicked out there. Look, look what happened to him. He got he, he had a sack against Georgia Tech. 
Same thing. I appreciate I appreciated Vince Vaughn's character in Rudy quite a yeah, bit. A lot of people forget that he was <laughs> yeah, in that movie. That, yeah. Yeah. That's like and, that's uh, like the first or second movie I think I ever saw him in. There was another one back then that he was in that nobody ever remembers. Um I can't remember what Psycho. It was. Psycho. In Psycho. Psycho. Yeah. That's what it was. That's yep. not the Vince Vaughn we all love. That's a different Vince Vaughn. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. He, uh, but uh, I, uh, Charles, uh, I guess it's Charles S. Dutton. He was in a, he was in a show called Rock, uh, where he's a garbage man in DC, uh, kind of a sitcom. Mm. Uh, and he's the, he's the equipment manager in Rudy. And I thought, I thought he was fantastic. I really did. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, I, uh, I would, I would agree. I've got uh, we got there's there's some there's some good stuff going on over here in the uh, Nana Sports chat box today. Um, uh, who who are where where were Bink said uh, I only drink vodka. Now look, I'm a I don't drink bourbon like I used to, dude. I I just can't. It it just it's like it. I wake up and I feel like I went got out of a fight. Like somebody kicked my rear end the night before. Um, so I'm a I'm a huge Dixie vodka fan. Like I love, there's always at least at least a handle of Dixie vodka in my house. Um, Dixie vodka and five cow cranberry juice. That's the best. Um, someone also, Craig Heaven Hill, is referencing a bourbon here. I don't know anything about it, so tell me about that because I'd like to find it. Uh, I agree with Harrison. By the way, uh, the last season was pretty good, but nowhere near the first season of Stranger Things. Yes. Yeah, first season, definitely best one there was. Well, I so. thought after the first season, well, even after, actually, uh, the very end of the third one, when they were like, you know, they tease you with he's going to end up in Russia. I was like, okay, <laughs> I mean, there, this that was is, interesting. all right. But then it was just so, like, because there's always been the sci-fi tied into it, which was fine. I'm okay. I'm not a sci-fi guy. I don't like sci-fi, but I did like Stranger Things. And so you can't just eliminate it. So I get it. But it was just it. It was I don't know. It was goofy. We didn't even finish season four, which <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I finished it. I don't know. My daughter watches it. You know, religiously. Well, I, I can tell you, I finally Outer just banks. we just ugh, we just yeah, did yeah. Succession. <laughs> finished Succession. That is just literally beyond outstanding. I mean, nothing will ever beat Sons of Anarchy. Nothing. Um, but. Um, in my mind, it won't, but succession is so good. I, the end of it was, eh, I don't want to ruin anybody's day. So, but if you haven't seen it, you got to see it. We just started a new series on Apple TV with Jennifer Garner called the last thing he told me. We're through two episodes of that. And it's really good. Hmm. I'll check mm-hmm. that out. Yep. It's really good. If you've got Apple TV, I would check it out. Really, really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, it is uh, eleven seventeen. So one of the things that is going to be discussed tonight, we don't worry, guys. We will continue to mix in the bourbon talk. Give me, give me all the good stuff because I, I got my guy down here and I can tell him what to hide behind the counter for me. And he'll do it. Um, tonight, of course, we're going to release the schedule and it, we'll hit a break in just a minute. When we come back, we'll kind of get into what our thoughts are. We, we will show you actually, um, JC, JB, and Phil all. I think maybe they're all different. The eight of our um, projections. The, the reason that it's, of, of course, taking on such a huge. I mean, the schedule release is always a big deal. The NFL's been doing this for a while. College football, the SEC, the ACC, with their own networks, have really gotten in the mix over the last few years. But it takes on a new meaning now because Oklahoma and Texas are coming to the league, and 
uh, Oklahoma and Texas fans certainly want to know where they're going to have to go to get their rear ends cut for the next couple of years until their feet are wet in the conference. And then the SEC is going to want to know, when do we get to go to Norman? When do we get to go to Texas? Ooh, do they get to come to our place? Because I'm just firing a shot here. But, JC, Phil, I think everybody in the league, I'm pretty sure this has been reported today, too, maybe by Peter Burns, and I thought this would be the case. Everybody in the league is going to have one of these two teams on their schedule. I don't know if anybody will have both. I haven't seen that, but everybody's going to have one. Um, I, I find it – I don't anticipate – so that means there's eight road games next year between Oklahoma and Texas, right? So I don't see any scenario at all, no matter when those games are played, even if you're having a bad year and it's November, where whatever of those eight ballparks those two programs walk into, it's not a complete sellout. Do you? No. Oh, no. Keep in mind they play each other too, so they'll have a neutral, right. a neutral side game. So they may give them four home games and three road games. I, I, don't, I don't. The, the it's hard to do the math on that. Like while I'm sitting here, because you got 15 well, other teams. But doesn't yeah. Georgia? <laughs> don't doesn't Georgia and Florida give up a home game to play in Jacksonville? Yeah. So yeah, they, they rotate. So so in other words, like when Georgia and Florida go to not like yeah. Every other year, Georgia only has what three SEC road game home games, and then they have four and three, then four and three. Um, I think that's how they do it. I, I, I'm pretty sure, but yeah, they give one up. I mean, it's uh, and Oklahoma and Texas will be that the other neutral site deal. A um, and M and Arkansas play in Dallas in Arlington too. I, I think that's probably going away uh, when they go and get rolling. It may be going away this this year. I don't know what kind of contract they had to play at Jerry World. Uh, but that's the other, that's another neutral site SEC game. So, but, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll be curious to see, you know, if, yeah, how many times does Texas go on the road? How many times does Oklahoma go on the road? They may just, they may make them go on the road for four. Uh, and then they play each other in Dallas. So, because mm-hmm. should be, should be pretty interesting to see how it, uh, how it all plays out. Uh, I'd like to change my predictions. <laughs> Because <laughs> I got some scoop, like, I, and I, I talked to Jamie earlier, and then I got some scoop, some other scoop from somewhere else, and uh, I, I just put a little update on the Big Spur because I'm doing my job there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. But uh, uh, so my predictions are way off. Just, just let, letting you guys know. So, they are uh, the ones for the show, not the, not the, not the one I put up on the for my VIP members on the Big Spur. So well, now uh, what, and I'll talk. Hold on, yeah. I'll talk. Okay, wait, wait, wait. To me because I could probably fix that in the. Well, I don't know. So what you're? (laughs) All right, I tell you what. Hold on. Let's let's take a break because I just looked at your update, and you you probably can see the smile on my face, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, this brain works. This brain works sometimes, you know. So I have to say, you nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's hit a let's hit a timeout. And we'll we'll uh, Phil will pop ours all of ours collectively up on the screen when we get back and we'll fuss and discuss. And guys, while you're in the Nana Sports chat box, do you want to play Oklahoma or Texas? Carolina's going to get one. Who would you rather have, the Sooners or the Longhorns? Hang tight. Inside the game, Cox the show powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. We'll be right back. 
family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barn Doe Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jakar Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Back. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show. First hour of the show presented to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271. She'll be happy to help you with all your upstate residential real estate needs. Ooh. And while I was not able to update That's the right. images. <laughs> try. Yeah, <laughs> Computer's a little slower than my brain, so that's good. <laughs> for for the not not this is not a I will pat myself on the back if this is true, but th- this is not yeah. the purpose of this. Pop mine up first, Phil, because yeah, the only reason I'm yeah. saying that is because JC, according to his post on the Big Spur, uh is uh it it, it is exactly what mine is. Um yeah. those that was my prediction, those eight and JC uh this is reported by JC Schubert of the Big Spur.com. 
he said um, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Bama, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, and Kentucky, or Eve and either Missouri or Vanderbilt, but likely Vandy is what you are hearing, JC, unofficially, and we are seven and a half hours ahead of this. Um, that's what I thought for for uh, you and I talked about it a few, a few reasons. I didn't think that they were going to just come in and totally overhaul the schedule. I thought they would keep some consistency with what was already in place for every team in the league. But they would just pop a few here and there to replace Oklahoma and Texas, and they would more than likely do it with teams that are either owed home games in the series or, you know, basically look at ancient history. And so that's why I did what I did. I thought A&M would come off uh, and would be replaced with – with uh, you know Oklahoma and uh, and Ole Miss would replace uh, Missouri, Missouri in my mind. Everybody might be you might be wondering, but what about Bama? Bama was already slated to have South Carolina in town in 2024. That's already been on the schedule. It's been on the future SEC schedule for a long time. So anybody that might complain about that, wait, Georgia and Bama in the same year? Yeah. Just like in twenty nineteen, that was going to happen yeah. anyway. That was yeah. yeah, that anyways. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And that's what I, I put the same thing up there for Alabama. I kept it on the schedule just for continuity's sake. Yeah. I, I think obviously right now A and M's tougher than Oklahoma. They both had losing records last year. Uh, that notwithstanding, uh, you know, I think I think A and M's probably ahead in the building process. At this point, um, Oklahoma, but Oklahoma, when Lincoln Riley left, lost what half their roster. I mean, they they started the kid from Greenville High at quarterback in the Texas game last year, and I was like, wow. You know, I used to. I, he's not what you call an Oklahoma quarterback. Um, you know, so but but I think I think in twenty twenty, you're talking about twenty twenty four. You're talking about uh, year three of the Venables era. They're recruiting lights out. They know what's coming. Uh, in the SEC, uh, unlike Texas, which uh, Texas probably thinks they're going to waltz in and win the league title in year one, uh, I think they're, they're they're Oklahoma as a program is bracing for it and building for it. Uh, so that's tough. I do think that game will be in Columbia. Um, Ole Miss, I mean, Ole Miss, Missouri. Okay, so you know, right now as things stand, obviously. You have no idea what Lane Kiffin's going to do in the portal <laughs> from year to year to year. Uh, Lane, Lane's obviously, you know, handed the Gamecocks the two times he's coached against Carolina, some bitter losses. I'll never forget the rainy night in Knoxville in 09. Uh, and when they had the black uniforms on when the one year he was at Tennessee. And then of course he, he, he coached, got Will Muschamp fired, you know, in that 59 42 game and the famous clipboard play and all that. Uh, but they come to Columbia, uh, Gamecocks have, you know, done pretty well against Ole Miss at home and really in the overall series through the years. Um, if it's Missouri and not Vandy, this thing is really difficult, in my opinion. But uh, uh, I, I, I'm kind of with JB. I think it's probably going to be Vandy because I think Missouri is an institution with Texas and OU coming in. They want to play. They want to play A&M again. They want to play Oklahoma. They want to play the teams they, they used to play in the Big 12. Um, and then, you know, Georgia's on the schedule every single year. Uh, Tennessee's on schedule every single year, Florida and Kentucky, but it is a, uh, it's good that in 2024, I think the the non-conference is, uh, 
is pretty much like a like it's Clemson and then three uh, teams Carolina should beat. So, um, hmm. so we'll see sort of what happens there. But uh, so don't it's, look at uh, JCs because it's not the same so, as JBs. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I dropped Florida though. Yeah. No, you. Oh, you did. Yeah. So you yeah. had state. Yeah, I didn't have I state think because they play state. this year. That way, you do the home and home. And then you already had Ole Miss for 2025. I think you add Oklahoma because that storyline is just too damn juicy uh, to start yeah, out with them as opposed to Texas. Bama already on the schedule. We owe them one. Uh, and then, but I did keep Missouri and Vanderbilt because I think when the committee looks at the strength of schedule, they're going to overinflate Florida as they typically tend to do. So they'll throw us a bone by giving us Missouri. And it's Columbia That's, versus Columbia. <laughs> I just – I don't – I think they're going to – if there's any team that I would want dropped, I know most people are like, good, God, just get rid of Georgia. We don't want the guaranteed loss. Screw that. I'd rather play Georgia. I hate playing Missouri. I hate them I going too. up there and playing that game. <laughs> I, I hate walking them, watching them play in our ballpark. So, JC, so you want – you think – so what are you saying? Because you've got it right here. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, you. I had have... Texas instead of yeah, Texas. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 I got um, it. Just because okay. I. And look, man, that was before I got any scoop. Uh, <laughs> and and I, and, I, and then I mean, even before Brad Crawford tweeted that it's likely Oklahoma. Um, uh, I just want to play Texas. I mean, that's, that's just kind of well, well, they're going my, to. Yeah, they'll play them eventually, <laughs> and I've never thought year. of maybe Every... maybe the Longhorns coming to Williams Bryce for a like a like the opener um, or that, that week after the opener, I guess the opener is already scheduled. Um, you know, I, maybe I just kind of got caught up in the moment, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think it's going to be. I mean, that's, that's on the graphic, but I do not think it's going to be, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure JB nailed the whole thing uh, by using logic <laughs> uh, before anybody else. But uh, yeah, the non-conference of 2024 is Old Dominion uh, in the opener. They got Akron in week four and Wofford the week before the Clemson game. So those are three that they should win. I don't think Wofford's – I don't know who they hired at Wofford. Maybe they're still triple option or not, but uh, – uh, you know, Mike Ayers is not not walking through that door. So, <laughs> and he scared the bejesus out of the Gamecock so many times. I mean, but uh, I, you know, Akron, Joe Moorhead is the coach there. Old Dominion's a dangerous team. I'm sure that that was actually scheduled after Beamer got the job here. So, I'm sure uh, his connections in the state of Virginia and with ODU uh, got that on the schedule and. You know, the Gamecocks are recruiting in the 757 where Old Dominion is located. So I, I think that's a pretty nice piece of scheduling. But uh, yeah, so thank God it's not 2025 when, when you got to go play the Hokies and then play App State. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 2025. Uh, and look, I, I'm cool with 2025 being uh, actually, they don't play App State in 2025. They, they move that, they play Coastal Carolina. <laughs> uh, but Jamie Chadwell's not going to be walking through that door. So there you right. go. But thank God it's not 2025 because that, that would make it, I mean, when you, when you start talking about brute, you know, really tough, tricky non-conference games on top of all that, I mean, you're playing in 2024, if, if, if JB's prediction comes and I'm going to say it's JB's prediction, cause I got to give him credit for it. Uh, and he did nail it. You're playing three of the most iconic brands in college football. 
you're playing how how many playoff you know teams that have been perennially in the playoff when you throw Clemson in there. Um, that's that's plus Tennessee and Florida like they always do, and uh, that's that's sort of brutal. Well, and I, and I think- and you're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. Yeah, and have a yeah. young offensive line. See, 2025. I think by then these offensive line recruits will start to develop and mature, and you know you're going to be getting somewhere. But you got a young offensive line and a new quarterback going against that schedule. Well, and I, I want to point this out too, guys. Like the 24 schedule, the the non cons, Clemson, of course, on the road, Walford, Akron, and Old Dominion. JC, you just mentioned some of that. This was the, these were the eight that they were playing next year. Now we didn't know. We we knew where we knew where they were going in the league, and we knew who was going to be at home. We didn't know what the actual schedule was going to be, but the eight SEC programs that Carolina already had on the schedule in twenty twenty four were, and I'll list them away, um, away first and then home second: at Bama, at Florida, at Kentucky, at Vanderbilt. If this holds true, none of that's changing. And then the the, the four home games. Two of those would be changing, which would be Georgia, Missouri, Tennessee, and Texas A&M. And, you know, I, I don't – I mean, I think that Ole Miss is a better program than Missouri. That doesn't mean that they will be a better program than Missouri in 2024. And, honestly, I don't know what to think of either Texas A&M or Oklahoma. Either one of those guys walks through your doors in 2024 – I'm not sure what the difference is if there is a difference. I mean, but, I, I mean, would, it, yeah. And 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 I'll yeah, I'll, I'll de- de- defer to you for the rest of this conversation. But I, I think, like you're going to see an explosion on message boards and Twitter and things like that, and it's over brands. But brands fail. I mean, look look what happened to A and M. You know, Saban Saban was right. I mean, they bought their whole team and then they fell flat on their face. Oklahoma was not good last year. Is Brent Venables going to get them back to where they were under Lincoln? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, there's a good chance it's Oklahoma. There's also a chance that it doesn't work out. Um, you know, see, look, Florida is a brand. But what's Florida? And they spent, I mean, embarrassed South Carolina last year. So, I mean, you just don't know. And, and with all of that, I mean, you have to kind of go back to something that Coach Beamer just continues to preach. Uh, they all have preached it, honestly. Every coach does, but um, but I think in that building there is a true self belief in this. And look, we just got to worry about our us. You don't know year in and year out, especially with this thing called the transfer portal. I mean, Jimbo could get canned after this year, and the whole freaking team transfers. So you you, you just don't know what's going to happen between now and then. But you you get that instant freak out over brands. But as, as I was pointing out, the schedule next year probably more than likely, more than likely is only going to have two differences in the schedule. And I, and I, I personally think it's going to be Ole Miss uh, in Oxford. And um, – and no, uh, Ole Miss will come to Columbia. I mean, Ole Miss in Columbia. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. and Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Columbia. Columbia. Ole Miss, Ole Miss and Oklahoma come to Columbia. Yeah. Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Tennessee will be the, um, the four home games. And then they'll go to Bama. <laughs> uh and then Tennessee, right, uh, to, to Bama, to Florida, and then uh, to Kentucky and Vanderbilt. So like, the, in the years where Kentucky and Vandy are your road games at South Carolina, that's usually the year. Those are usually the years where the schedule is fav- more favorable because yeah. in the other years, 
with the old system, you know, like this coming season, your four road games are Georgia. You got to go to Sanford. You got to go to Neyland. You got to go to Kyle Field. And then you got to go to Como, which has not been kind to the Gamecocks since 2017. So it's uh, – and, and that's usually kind of a wonky road trip anyway. Uh, so um, I don't know, man. I, I think I think it's just unfortunate that it's that, – that, that Bama I – mean, unfortunate or, or the worry is that Bama's – you know, people see Alabama and they're like, oh, my God. Plus, they got to go to Tuscal- Tuscaloosa where they haven't been since 2009. Of course, Which was they won down game. there in 2004. Yeah, gave the damn game down, down there. there. <laughs> I was yeah, at that game in 04. Mm-hmm. I met yeah. Brody Croyle that night. He was hitting on my girlfriend. I didn't know it was him. Till... That's very nice. So, Quantrell yeah, uh, says, uh, A&M, that. what the hell kind of brand are they? They're a sophisticated Mississippi State. <laughs> <laughs> I think Texas Longhorn <laughs> fans would agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man, like with, with, with those, those, those Texas schools and Oklahoma coming in, you're going to hear a lot of yeehaws now. We got we got the dang cowboy part of the country. Yeah, but Texas way. brings females. <laughs> yeah, they do. Nice, nice, uh, nice uh, leaders of Texas brunettes out there, Latino <laughs> of the types. state house at midnight. <laughs> they're they're yeah. men. Yes. <laughs> what is that? That I, what a. <laughs> I went to yeah, that the it, first it, ever it, yell. Remember when they came in 2014 when, we, yep, when, we, yes. when they beat the crap out of us? It's I went wild, by that man. that night, and I was like, what are they? Yeah. This, is, this can't be good. Who allowed this thing to take place on the grounds of the state house? All these dudes up here in tight white pants shaking their rumps before we play them in football the next day. And then. Well, you remember when. Um... Kenny when, when they came in this last year, they were they were talking smack on the. Those yell leaders are kind of controversial at times. Remember they they played Penn State in the Alamo Bowl one year and said they wanted to put Joe Paterno in a casket. <laughs> uh, that dude got in trouble for that. But you know, yeah, there's all the, there's a bunch of yeehawing and, and butt smacking and and, uh, and and tomfoolery and shenanigans to take place at these things. Uh, but uh, it's it's yeah, Harrison points it out. A and M is just really really odd, and it is odd. Um, and Will, as far as the competitive bounce for the SEC, keep in mind. Uh, and I'm going to defend the SEC a little bit here, which I know is not going to be popular. Uh, this is a one year deal, um, right, yeah. and and they scheduled it that way. And I didn't like that. I wanted them to go two. You know, if you're going to commit to something, if you're going to go eight. Let's give it two years, right? Not just one year, because then we're going to be right back here next year going, well, we're going to do 2025. It's going to be eight or nine. And this whole crap continues. Uh, I would have put it to bed for two years and, and, and sketched out the permanent and rotating so everybody gets to play. But they didn't. In true SEC fashion, uh, they just, uh, all right, well, we'll just have – Texas to know you play everybody and just plug and play. All right. Well, that's, that's what you get. But I mean, that's a hell of a home schedule. If you're, if Absolutely. you're a season ticket holder, uh, yeah, you're you're, you're four games. home games or, or no, it, it, Clemson is 2024. Nah, Clemson's on the road. That's also a hell of a road schedule. Bama, Clemson, Georgia, Florida, Oklahoma, Kentucky. Ole Miss coming in, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Ole Miss coming in, and Tennessee, and I believe Tennessee. So those are all sellouts. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hope for the night game. So it looks like a rock too, concert. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's weird, but um, I think I just he, uh, yeah, yeah. I I I I'll be anxious to see what Williams Bryce looks like by then. By the way, I don't, who knows if they'll have it. Who knows what it'll, what it'll look like? You know, if it'll look like but anything. I, well, though, they're going to keep the lights, and I mean, I, I think oh, well, the lights good. are kind of a 
they were kind of a game changer last year. You know, when you looked at the stadium, it looked it looked like a you know Pink Floyd show or something. I mean, it, it was it yeah. really, and a lot of schools have those LED lights. It's not like Carolina's, you know, but but the way they do it with Sandstorm and all that, that's that just makes it special. I mean, I've I was thoroughly impressed with uh, with the, the nighttime uh, atmosphere, and it's kind of funny because our friend at the Spurs Up show. Chris or, or whoever does the social media for him, I, I don't. Chris is not an octopus. I don't know. I, I can't think he, he could possibly yeah, post all that himself. Um, but uh, he uh, he put a it was like a countdown to kickoff or whatever, and it was the two thousand one from the Missouri game this past year, and you were there, JB. Uh, and I just kind of noticed it was dead. It wasn't like your normal. It was it was loud. Everybody's cheering, but totally different than the nighttime atmosphere. So. Uh, I think Carolina's probably becoming a little bit like, uh, hopefully they have the success LSU's had, but coming a little bit like LSU where, okay, there is a significant difference between a day and a night game, um, yeah. which I, which I think is good, good and bad. You know, you, you need that big crowd, but that, that Missouri game, I, you know, the team seemed dead in the tunnel when you looked at that video and it just hit me. I was like, no wonder they didn't have to get started. Uh, it just it's one of those days where the atmosphere just wasn't, you know, wasn't there four o'clock kickoff or whatever. So, uh, and that's nobody's fault. That's not, I'm not blaming the fans or, 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 the, or the players. It's just sometimes I've noticed that in football, sometimes LSU this year against Tennessee, uh, we were in Lexington uh, watching it on TV and, and Baton Rouge was dead. Tennessee whipped their ass 40 to 13. I mean, and because they just never were in it. So, uh, and I say all that to say Williams Bryce at night, I mean, is is getting well, to be different. something special, and it's getting to be really difficult for teams to come in there and win uh, at night as well. Uh, under Beamer, Beamer's really taking that to the next level. Muschamp, I don't think ever won a night game at home. Maybe one. <laughs> no, he, that's not true. I know you won Tennessee. Yeah, Twenty sixteen Tennessee, he won at yeah. home, but uh, yeah. they uh, they tended to play. Those teams, tended, his teams, played better at noon with noon kickoffs, and I'm kind of wonder if that's not a function of a very as Lou Holtz would say, a super physical week of practice. <laughs> super. We're well, going to be more than fourth physical football team today. I I will I'll say this on the kick. I tell you what, we'll hit a timeout. I've got a quick thought and note on kick times as well. Plus, what about the future of Gamecock football? The non-conference games. How many of those might eventually fall off if they move to nine? We'll get into some of that as well. So, hang tight inside the Gamecocks. The show painted garnet and black by a couple of painters let me paint something.com find them there if you're in south carolina or georgia we'll be right back i don't know who you are i don't know what you want if you're looking for a karaoke partner i can tell you i can't carry a tune in a bucket but what i do have is a very specific set of skills hang up now and your it nightmares will continue but stay on the line and i will find you and when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, 
Thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Hey Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox! You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks of the show. First hour of the show, again, brought to you by Cindy Searfoss. Give her a call, 864-414-5271. She'll be happy to take care of your upstate residential real estate needs. And, yeah, that's my, my little tagline is the way it is, because our grade is, uh, our eight is greater than your nine. But when you start looking well, at how they're going to put these damn 2024s together, it was like, I don't care how good the you know Big Ten is getting, there's no comparison. Period. Yeah, well, and according to like JC was saying yesterday, according to Nicole Auerbeck, that's that's not good enough. But let me let me add this little note too, because if you and I don't have the contracts in front of me, but all you have to do is take a quick glance, and you can Google some of the um, some of the articles on this and kind of start to piece it together. So you've got all right, you, you've got uh, Disney and their contracts. Uh, specifically with the SEC, of course, which is their their behemoth, and then they've got the the ACC contract, and then they have some other contracts out there, of course. But those are the two that they're going to really try to hang their hat on because of the brands that are involved in in the, both leagues. All right, and then you've got Fox, and you've got NBC, which also owns Peacock, and you've got CBS. Okay, all right. So let me just start with three thirty, and I, I'm I'm going to get to a point on all this, but. Like for there, there, and this has begun to change over the last couple of years. And I think people have uh, not everybody, but a lot of people have missed the boat on this. It's not the old school, uh, the sleepy noon game. You know, ramp it up, and then you play the the big one at night. Or of course, CBS always had the the prime, you know, the number one pick at three thirty. So what TV has done over the years? This is why South Carolina and Georgia have drawn some noon slots because of the dogs. Um. They're, they're trying to compete compete with each other, right, for revenue dollars. And it's it's no different from, you know, us and another show or whatever it is. Like, you move things around to, to take market share. All right, so so start at noon. 
and this is not Disney related. This is everybody else. At noon, Fox has what? Their their noon game, you know, the big noon kickoff, right? Big noon kickoff, yeah. Okay. NBC has shifted to a model where they're going to be airing um, a big game on Peacock at noon, which is, you know, you, you can stream that through the Peacock app. And then at 3.30, where traditionally ESPN would have something that battled or or ABC with ESPN, um, I mean, with CBS, now you have CBS, NBC, Fox, and ABC. Okay, so while we're living in this world that everything is going towards streaming, this is why people keep kind of trying to say things like they're never going to eliminate network TV. You might have to, you might stream it through a platform like YouTube television or something like that, but that stuff ain't going away. So you've got the four major networks, Fox, NBC, CBS, and ABC at 3.30. And then at night, guess what you've also got coming up now on TV contracts? NBC with a night game. And it's just not Notre Dame related now. You're talking about real, real deals here. NBC with a night game. CBS with a night game. Fox with a night game. So – what you're going to see is Disney, by virtue of all of their properties, most notably ABC and ESPN, they're going to be moving big games into time slots that they can that they can win. All right, like when you've got that three thirty time slot, if you've got Bama and LSU on ABC. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna draw a huge share of the market there. But you could also have uh, Michigan and Penn State on CBS. You could also have, I don't, you know, whoever, Oklahoma State and TCU, and their two top ten teams. You could also, so you see, so there's there's a lot to battle for there. So they have to make decisions, right? And JC, you know about markets. You're even doing this your whole life, basically. So it's not gonna shock me. Where let's say the Gamecocks are five and one one year next year, and they're hosting Oklahoma, and they're kicking that game off at noon, and everybody's trying to figure out, well, why is this not drawing a night kick? Well, probably because Fox and Peacock aren't competing with them, so they're going to be able to steal the show there. So it's not going to be the old school. These are like what we grew up with the '90s, the early 2000s, where three thirty and then the night kick and the noon doesn't matter. Every time slot matters now. And all these different networks are trying to piece together what they think best competes against the rest of the country. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part of uh, the Big Ten because, like, uh, going with uh, away from ESPN is, as you said, they have to fill those time the noon kickoffs. And, uh, you know, my hope is that it's more geared maybe towards the Big 12 and, and, and ACC. Because uh, the Big 12 is going to have two what, two teams in the Eastern Time Zone now with uh, West Virginia and UCF. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if Cincinnati's in Central or not. They may be in they may be in Eastern Time Zone too. I think so, they're in Eastern. Right? So so they can get that rolling with the Big 12. And, no, uh, I think they're they back. Gotta... Didn't Whittle want to go there last week? He said he'd save an hour going to Cincinnati. Did I admit, am I wrong on that? I don't remember. Anyways, I go I, when I when on. I go down to Tennessee. I go through Cincinnati sometimes, and so I um. It's Eastern, time. it's Eastern time. Yeah, so, still Eastern. So they got yeah. three teams in the Eastern time zone now, but you are going to see more SEC games kick at noon. 
for that reason. And, and it'll be, it'll be very strategic. Uh, you know, the good news is uh, I think you'll also see more night games because uh, of competing in those time slots and, and the, the, the exclusive time slots as well. So um, it, it, because uh, it, I think the big 10 for a year, I mean, I, the, see the big 10 schools prefer to play at noon because uh, it gets cold. Uh, that's their deal is get up kegs and eggs, right? Uh, Wisconsin, that, that's the kegs and eggs, man. They, uh, they get up, they get liquored up and, and rock and roll at noon and everybody's passed out by five o'clock. Uh, hopefully not out. The, hopefully. Yeah. Not out in the, the cold, bitter cold, but they're gone. I mean, there's the, 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 the that will be on, uh, FS one or NBC or CBS or, or whatever. Um, and so there's going to be, more SEC games to kick at noon, unfortunately, uh, just because of that. And that's uh, that's not good because down here in the South, we are down there in the South. Sorry, <laughs> keep forgetting. I'm in the South while we're doing this show, the, in the Sonorama right. Studios. Two hours a day. Um, they, uh, we, like, we don't like noon kickoffs. We, we'd rather have it at night. So uh, hopefully, sure. hopefully they do something like that. But, the, you know, and, and like I said, hopefully – you know, maybe maybe it'll be instead of going to Iowa Purdue like they normally used to do on ESPN, they'll go straight to uh, you know Wake Forest and Duke and that that riveting matchup or, or UCF versus Texas Tech in Orlando. Something hey, like I, that. I'd rather watch UCF and Texas Tech in Orlando or Wake and Duke over Iowa and Northwestern. Yeah, at least a- they're going to score some points. <laughs> well, according to you know the athletic, th- those games, the Iowa Northwestern game is is way more important than playing Oklahoma and Ole Miss and Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Well, according that to extra Nicole, game, you know, that's right. She she's she's brilliant. So I just I don't know. James asked what's going to happen with the Longhorn Network. It's going to fold into the SEC network. It's going away. Yeah. They weren't going to get in this league and keep the. I wasn't going to survive. No. And it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't the most. I think it was more successful than the ACC network. <laughs> well, probably. Man, I'm gonna say this before Mike gets on because Mike can't really. But uh, but maybe not. Uh, maybe not. I don't. I don't know. The Longhorn Network was. Uh, a, a, but yeah, it was crazy when they came up with that thing, guys. Texas's athletic director. It's not the guy that's there now. Uh, he almost was like. I, I called him a crazy glue sniffer one time. Because he was like, we need to – they literally thought they were Notre Dame. But we got our own network now. We need to expand. And he'd fly over to China. Like, I'm branding this Longhorn brand in China because I think that's a big market. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they I don't think so. But They don't even play soccer over there, I don't think. Maybe they do. Right. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure what the, what's the sport what's of not- choice in – in uh, China, China. I'm, I basket, you like basketball. Yeah, basketball, cricket. No, not cricket. Uh, ping pong. <laughs> no, <laughs> cricket, cricket <laughs> in Hong, is in Hong Kong and Shanghai because they were British protectors of Macau. Mm, yeah. But uh, I don't know if Shanghai was ever a British protector. But the British had something to do with Shanghai for a while. Uh, British, but uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm like that dude's crazy. You know, he's like, he's like flying all over the world and talking like international expansion and. You know, they were talking about maybe going independent, and I'm like, man, why don't you just get your head out of your ass and go play A&M again, you know, because that's what people want to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, I hate to quote the best little whorehouse in Texas again, 
But uh, there's a movie about the Texas-Texas A&M game. Uh, the winner of the game gets to go to the chicken ranch afterward. And there's a big musical number, 44 miles until we get to heaven. We're, and the Aggies won. And, and the Dolly part's like, I just don't – those Aggies are always hooping and hollering and yee-hawing. And I'm like, yeah, so there we go. So there, hey, so there's a callback right there to the hooping and hollering and yee-hawing. It's going to start to take place around the SEC now. So um, I just don't know. I just uh, – I think uh, – I just that that Texas oh, athletic great. department is is run. It's now run with a more realistic assessment of the college landscape than when no, they lost that, that daggum thing. <laughs> with uh, yeah, there's some. Hey, look, guys, don't, don't guys. Uh, <laughs> just laugh, man. He says UGA insiders do not have South Carolina predicted on their schedule. Yeah, I don't buy that. I don't know, Keith. Yeah, I don't buy that. I don't know. Hey, hopefully not. I don't care. I mean, I, I, I like mean, to play. You can rotate them off. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, because you throw old men. And look, I get it because Carolina's not had any success against Lane Kiffin. Oklahoma will probably be just getting good by twenty twenty four, like really good. Um, Alabama's Alabama. They're not going anywhere. And Georgia's Georgia. They're not going anywhere. So. Uh, and then Tennessee appears to be recruiting well and only up and up. And like somebody told me today, uh, Florida, if they can't figure it out, they'll get somebody in there that can. You know, eventually they'll just keep cycling through coaches. Yeah, they don't uh, care. So, uh, James says, well, SEC Network remain at one channel or two. They, so they already have the SEC, SEC alternate. So I, I think they'll, that'll remain yeah. uh, as is because you, you also have. I think they're buying the big, out the Longhorn Networks, what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, they're buying it out. Um, with the Big Ten going away from ESPN and the SEC, uh, you're going to need the – you have plenty of inventory to spread uh, not on the SEC Network, you know, as far as like ESPNU, uh, the Deuce, ESPN, all those channels. ESPN Deportes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Well, it's, I mean, they're well, – the, the Longhorn games are brown. The Aggies are yeah. Yeah, I mean, the four-letter network does not use two in the first, I think, two weeks. So there must be something going on that they're broadcasting yeah. on ESPN. Jimmy too. brought that up a couple of weeks ago with, with the deuces. Maybe is it U.S. Open tennis, maybe? On there? I don't know. Pro- yeah, there's – there's Because they have that going on, too. Well, that's in good. August, right? I can't remember – now nah, it's because it's always that's the reason CBS doesn't start till week three because they yeah. got tennis. Well, again, that that wow. goes back to that conversation we had. I mean, the league they're going to make you they're going to make you pay for nine, and then they're going to prove it because they're going to let you play out the year, and you're going to go, oh, you know what? Yeah, kind of, kind of don't care about playing. You know, UTEP at. Old Miss at three o'clock on ESPN. That it, that's not getting it done for me. Maybe we, maybe we should have a ninth game where we can compete. Oh, okay, yeah. So give us another billion dollars. Oh, all right. I guess we'll do that. Yeah. Don't don't be hating on the miners now. That's right. Well, I'm not so hating on them. Riveting than damn, you know, we're... Rutgers Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe UTEP's going to enter the SEC one day. I doubt it. 
By the way, Rutgers got completely screwed with the Big Ten schedule. It's yeah. terrible. <laughs> it's like, poor Rutgers. Poor Rutgers. I mean, that's all I got. That's all I got to say about that. Coming soon to primetime CBS near you. Yeah, they play. Yeah, it's. They play yeah. UCLA, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. Michigan They're trying State. to get them to leave the Big Ten. That's the whole point. And of then that. they, and then, and then they, they stupidly scheduled a, a road game at Virginia Tech. Yeah, I, that's something we're gonna have. we're gonna talk about that later because Carolina's got a bunch of road contests later in the decade and off into the next decade, which I don't even know if I'll be alive for that. But if they go to nine, will they keep some of these games? And which ones should they get rid of? I know of one right off the top of my head that they absolutely need to get rid of. I think we yeah. all will come to an agreement on that. But we got to agree on this. It's time to go uh, because Mike Morgan, you don't want to leave him hanging. He will bill you by the second, not even the minute. I didn't miss a penny. So we'll hit a timeout, and the great golden tones of Mike Morgan will join us next on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Ovington, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by TravelingCountryClub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options and go Cox. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox.
All right, we are back. Welcome <laughs> inside the Gamecocks, the show. Second hour Surprise of the show coming at you right now. Mike Morgan joining us of ESPN, ESPN, SEC, oh, all the other networks that Mike, you can hear Don't him on. Don't forget about the J.C. and Morgan podcast. <laughs> J.C. and Morgan podcast, right. No, Award that's winning. right. <laughs> I don't miss an episode. I haven't for years. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoy it. Let me get you a t-shirt. Fellow... Sticker. Modelo enthusiast. We have stickers. Mike oh. Morgan. <laughs> oh, it's, now that's proof that he listens. I wasn't yeah. going to believe that entirely until he mentioned one of my favorite beers, if not my go-to these days in that's Modelo. Good, so that and that way. Yeah, Modelo I've and Nate. I've stolen a few from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Stolen a few. Yeah, JC can uh, attest in more ways than one on that. <laughs> but how you guys doing? It's National Bourbon Day, Mike. So what, what are you going oh. with tonight? He, he's oh. got some experience with this because his wife yeah. is just yeah. lives in Kentucky. You're yeah. a connoisseur, yeah. so what are you going with today? Uh, lately, I've been working on a bottle. Well, I got two bottles going concurrently. Okay. My mic falls. Uh, Woodford Double Oaked, mm. which is is kind of been my my go to for a while, and then Blanton's. I got a bottle of uh, Blanton's as well. So you and you can't go wrong with either one of those. No. Are you what type of uh, what type of are you neat or do you are you rocks it or what do you do? Oh, I always always on the rocks. Okay, are you a big yeah. cube guy or what do you? Yeah, I got the big cubes. Yeah, yeah. me too. That's a game changer, man. It is a game changer. Um, yeah, and that's not a metaphor for anything else. But I had the big cubes, and um, every now and then I've got a little uh, <laughs> I've got a little uh, maker's mark. Uh, excuse me. Not maker's mark. I threw myself off with that last comment. Um, I've got a little old-fashioned mix that I got from the Buffalo Trace uh, distillery, which I've been to a few times. Yeah, That's the, the hometown that my uh, my wife is from. So I, you just, you can just, I mean, you don't have to be a bartender. You can just mix a little bit of that in there, stir it, and boom, you got yourself that, an old-fashioned. Have so you? We're in the- the grocery yeah. store the other day at Nat, they had this, these liquor pre-mixed liquor drinks, taste test things set up. And Nat tried the old fashioned and she choked and coughed like the whole damn rest of the trip <laughs> of the grocery store. It's not uh, for everybody. Well, not we know a everybody. guy that just drinks old fashions exclusively. They're like $17 and his name's Purvis. He's a good friend of ours. Yeah. He'll come in the bar and drink and He'll just order three drinks and be like, I'm going to go home. I'm drunk. And I'm like, how in the heck does that happen? <laughs> Well, I know now how that happens oh, with a, the old fashions. Yeah, yeah. that's a I, so. even in in 2023. Uh, I I think you can say it's a man's drink. I mean, I I've, I've met women that'll have an old fashioned, but for the most part, it's one of those old school, roaring twenties, uh, post World War II. It it just it's been it stood the test of time, and you know there was a day where you had the the liquid, uh, the liquid lunch, and you know, you just had a one of those get you through the day at the office. Can't do that anymore, but it's still a great way to wind down at night. Yeah, and wind off into a deep, deep sleep. That's for sure. Have you ever? Have you ever? Um, I, I'm going to use a Coach Spurrier word here. Have you ever bonked your head on one of the one of the trusses uh, in the Buffalo Trace distillery where they store all the barrels? Yeah, I mean it. It's low. It's, it's it is really low. It, it's meant for like the average human, you know, a hundred years ago. Yes, it's a little bit shorter. So, I mean, I was I was doing deep knee bends throughout that entire tour uh, for sure. But 
Um, yeah, those those two are my favorites uh, tours that I've done, which is uh, Buffalo Trace and yep. Woodford, and and also Maker Maker's Mark's awfully cool too. I'm with the Woodford one. Looks like a college campus. The grass, I can't get over the grass. Beautiful, it's amazing. It's Kentucky it's bluegrass. That should be a shocker to nobody. It, yeah, yeah. What's happening now? And I, I, this this will you know for a lot of people are like, why are they talking about bourbon? I don't I don't like bourbon. If you like bourbon and you know the story of bourbon, it is pretty fascinating because bourbon, when we're all give or take a few years around the same age. When we were kids, nobody was drinking bourbon. Bourbon, and we were like, even in college age, bourbon was not cool. Bourbon just took a dive and was actually in in danger. Like those distilleries were in danger of going bankrupt. Vodka was the drink, was the Mm -hmm. liquor of choice. Um, If you were on an island retreat, you drank rum. Some people like gin. But bourbon did not have a place in popular culture in America. And so they were really struggling. And then... Somewhere around 10, 15, maybe 20 tops years ago, uh, it just turned around and had a resurgence. And I'll tell you, there's a documentary out there that's actually helped the sales of Buffalo Trace, and it's it's uh, it's on Netflix. It's called The Heist, and there's yeah. multiple episodes. Mm-hmm. All, and, and my wife actually knows a couple of these people uh, who actually were working at the Buffalo Trace distillery and they didn't have any security no cameras no security anything and these guys are are taking bottles of pappy and other high uh, valuable bourbon and they're selling it on the black market and making money now eventually they got caught but that story has been watched by millions of people and the curiosity is like wow is it really that good and then that turned a lot of people into some type of a version of buffalo trace bourbon drinkers you know uh, but it's it's made a huge climb out of nowhere the last decade or two that, that wasn't there before. I, I learned that because I didn't know because when I was, you know, old and old enough to drink in my twenties, I didn't drink bourbon. I probably drank everything but bourbon. I didn't know what bourbon was. Right. I didn't have my first makers. Uh, I think it was the first bourbon I ever had. And that was at the, um, uh, National Sports Writer and Sportscaster Awards in Salisbury, North Carolina, and we're out. It's it's me, Gene Deckerhoff, legendary legendary voice of Florida State. He won for Florida. West Durham won for Georgia Tech in Georgia, and I won for South Carolina. And we're at a bar, and uh, Wes buys a round of Maker's Mark, and I was like, "What is this?" And I, I mean, I didn't even know. I didn't never even heard of it, guys. That's how. I'm a 20-something-year-old at those awards, and like I'm a little bit uh, out of my element, I guess you could say. And then I drank, and I was like, "Damn, that's pretty good." And that was my introduction. That was that was like 2005, 2006, and, and so but then it went from there. But before that, I didn't even know what bourbon, good bourbon, bad bourbon. I had would have no idea. Yeah, bourbon was- for us growing up was strictly medicinal. Yeah, you take it with a sore yeah. throat, cold. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's where I developed my taste for it. Uh, <laughs> my, that's yeah, what my dad was. was. Yeah. I'm not feeling turkey. good today. I think I'll have a handle of uh, uh, Jim Beam. <laughs> well, I would hear that all the time. You know, back in the day. So when I'm calling Gamecock games, and I did this, I, I did this juggling act for the better part of ten years. I'm hosting a three-hour talk show every day. I'm on the road doing. Um, football on TV, basketball and baseball on radio. 
And and by the way, I'm not complaining when I say this. I loved every minute of it. But inevitably, all that talking, I would get a lot of bronchitis. And and sometimes I'd even de- de- develop a cough that was so bad. And people are like, are you a smoker? And I'm like, no, I've never smoked a day in my life. I hate I hate smoke. Um, and they're like, well, what you got to do is drink some bourbon tonight. <coughs> you drink some bourbon, put some put some lemon in it, put some honey in it. That was that was a very common remedy that people told me, including people in the business, of what to do. So that was another like maybe I ought to give this a shot, even though I'm not that familiar with it. I sure as heck don't know what brand to buy. That's a well. I'm learning a lot of stuff today. That and uh, Bill, <laughs> Bill with a neat little nugget here. Makers is run by the grandson of the founder Rob Samuels, and he is a Gamecock grad. I did not uh, know that. You know, a lot of those. A lot of those uh, bourbon companies have been bought out by foreign subsidiaries. Yeah, yeah. So not maybe, Trace though. Uh isn't Trace still owned by? It, are there? There's a there's a what's the conglomerate? Word? Yeah, they they've, they've come together and yeah yeah. But I think there's some foreign money. Uh, one of your listeners will, I'm sure, chime in on Correct this. Us. I I think they were one of the people that got that got bought. Hmm. Well. I'm I just going to you to say that they didn't. Where is Jan? Because Jan's not in the chat. But <laughs> yeah, Kevin where is. Where is Jan? Well, yeah, Kevin and Jan, Jan. We, I went to the Kentucky game with them this year, and they went, they went on the tour, right? <laughs> they, they hit them all. So, so Jan, oh, would, yeah, that's it. But uh, and that castle, yeah. that castle is neat too. Castle and Key. Uh, no, the the castle uh, in right outside of Lexington. That the the castle, the castle where all the horses are around it. What's that castle called? What's the point of it? Uh, I'm not sure if I know that. I mean, not far from the airport is, is Castle and Key, which is a great place for dinner, by the way, and also a, a distillery for Castle and Key. But I'm not. No, there's, it's an actual castle. It's like when you're all, you're coming out of, well, I guess you'd be going into Lexington. It's the same road. It just depends on what side of the road you're on. Hmm. But there's an actual castle, uh, like when you're headed out like towards Trace. And I can't remember the name of that place. Someone said they turned it into like a bed and breakfast, but I can't remember who used to own it. Um, not far down from it is the farm that has American Pharaoh. Yeah. And I cannot remember. It, it's a castle. I'll have to well, send you okay. a picture, we'll, Mike. We'll, I'll send you. I've got a picture of it on my phone. I'll send we'll it to you. We'll have to get it this moment. We'll, we'll knock it down. No, I'm going to do it right now. Actually. <laughs> Hold, stop the segment. That's it. It's Let's over. Let's go ahead and just Google all this stuff for 10 it's minutes. It's in Versailles, Kentucky. And yeah. football and baseball. It's yeah, in Versailles, yeah. Kentucky. It's called the Kentucky Castle. The it's Kentucky Castle, Castle, man. Brilliant original name. Yeah. Sort of like the uh, J.C. and Morgan podcast, right? Exactly. Or the show. All right, Super so, hey. original names there. The show. Versailles. Yeah, it's in Versailles. Kevin said it's in Versailles. Versailles, I think, is how you pronounce it, right? I think you're right. It's Versailles. Uh, Phil, uh, pop up the schedules here for us. Mike, we're going to lead off with football with you, and we'll get into some baseball. There is an event called the World Series coming up this week. Um, but uh, because JC this is... changed his, you know, last minute. <laughs> yeah. Because I got some These... scoop, so yeah. I had to report it. So the scoop that he got, Mike, correlates with exactly what my prediction was, if you can see that. Uh, we're going to get the official release tonight. Um I don't look. It's 15 months away until they even play this schedule. They got to play 2023 first. But people get so amped up about these things, and this is a different deal because of Oklahoma and Texas, Mike. But um, the word JC, right? That you got, or the eight teams that are in mind could be on mm-hmm. That's the what game I got. schedule next year. What do you think about that, Mike? Jesus. 
So am I reading this right? It says 24, 24, 24. That's supposed to yes. be 24, 24, 25? No. No, no, no. no. These are our, our individual That's our individual predictions. Oh, you're just, these are just predictions. So, yeah, yeah. Well, look at, but look at JB's. That's probably likely what it's going to be. Okay. JB well, nailed know, it, in other words. The only hard news that I've, I've seen that's come out today, which I think is really smart. So every SEC team in the next two years will play both Oklahoma and Texas. Right. So, and that's what you guys, well, you guys each have Oklahoma or Texas in 24, and it would just, and it would just flip, it would just flip in 25 to to the other ones. Yeah. So it's a good way to kind of indoctrinate everybody into what Oklahoma and Texas is all about. And I I tweeted out today, you know, I've had the fortune of of calling games at both those venues in, in two entirely different cities, but I think the fans will really enjoy both of those trips and both those experiences uh, on campus and at those stadiums. I, I was going to ask you if you'd called games in both of those ballparks yeah. and w- what are the, uh, what are the differences? Are there? Uh, um, oh gosh, night and day. So I I've called uh, a game at Texas Baylor at Texas a few years ago on national radio. And um it was my second trip to Austin because I was there once, I think, for for baseball or basketball. But, you know, the town is awesome. Um, Austin is. Got a little bit of a crime problem going on right now. Uh, like a lot of cities out there, uh, and I have friends that actually live in Austin, so I hear about it on the regular. But the actual city is so cool. Uh, it is a great co- – it's not just a college town. I mean, it's the state capital, and it's – it's a pretty massive city that's growing by by the day. Much like Nashville, it's become a very chic town for people to move to. The stadium itself is is picturesque. You know, it's um, I don't know. It's it's not the most what I would say intimidating, and that goes goes in line with Texas as a whole. Like, there's a little bit of wine and cheese aspect, I think, when it comes to Texas. It's it's not the same deal as A and M. You know, they it, it's just they don't have the organized cheers. I mean, A and M's its own thing, as we all well, know. Well, the, the yeehaws and butt slapping and stuff. Yeah. yeah, you don't have you have to call their game, so we're not going to put you in that position. But we we don't. So you, I love you the Aggies. Oh, you I don't like it? You don't like what A and M does? Or you have you been? I'll just say they're very unique. I mean, it's yeah. Like we probably have an understanding the, problem. The yeehaws and the, the cheers and stuff. I don't yeah. think I understand. <laughs> but here's the thing like and i don't i mean tv does it some justice but you really need to sit in the stands for a game there and it's it's pretty spectacular it really is. oh, like oh i'm just, not beating up the fan base that's not what i'm saying i i think a&m fans are outstanding probably some of the best in the country i'm talking about the the squad you know the, the dudes the midnight the the, the cheer yeah the, the yell group yeah, the yeah. yell leaders yeah, yell leaders. But yeah, so 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 uh, Keith in the chat box says Texas is UNC on steroids. That is a great comment. Yeah, that's yes. how I always view it okay. too. That, yeah. is, <laughs> that, is, that is a that is a very very good comp. It's so UNC what is Oklahoma? Oklahoma is more like I don't know um, uh, Mississippi State on steroids, um, <laughs> and I I don't mean that like as a dig like. There's, no, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, yeah, that's passion, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. But but imagine if Mississippi State played in the stadium twice as big, mm-hmm. and if and Mississippi State had a history of national championships and Big Eight championships and Big Twelve championships and Heisman Trophy quarterbacks all over the like, 
I, I think people are going to, and I mentioned this on, on our podcast, uh, JC and Morgan. There's another plug. That's two in the first 20 minutes. Man, um, you guys. are killing Get your money. I know it. I know it. Um, <laughs> send out some stickers to somebody, JC. <laughs> Get this thing cranked up now. Um, but no, it, it, it like I, d- I did a game there this year and, um, in like week two. It was with me and, and Ryan Leaf, who, who we also just had on JC and Morgan. That's three. Um, and that's it. That's, that's, I draw the limit. I'm just, I can't be a shill for a podcast that I co host for more than another 20 minutes. Um, segment two coming up. Yeah. But no, it, 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 like I was, I'm going through the, the record books and everything like I normally do because I don't like to just study the team. I like to get some context, the history, the background. And it's like I knew all this stuff, but I forgot it. So, like, as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then, you, like, the more you read, you're like, holy smokes. I mean, Oklahoma's tradition is ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. It goes back nearly 100 years, multiple coaches, uh, and it's not like they've fallen off the map. They've been extremely relevant in this decade, the one before that, the one before that, the one before that. You know, they had their one little blip where they hired John Blake and – that was a, an unmitigated disaster, but then they got it right with Stoops, and he did his thing, and then Lincoln Riley, and he did his thing. You know, the the if you want to find a knock is that they haven't been able to get over the hump since the Stoops title in uh, was it two thousand. But it's a ridiculously tradition rich program. Uh, they tailgate like like the powerhouses in the SEC. They love their football. It's not a cosmopolitan city at all, like Austin. Um, that's why I say like, it's more like Mississippi state on steroids or there's other examples I'm sure I can come up with, but you know, it's not a, it's not a, a huge city and it's not glamorous, but it's, I think a lot of SEC fans will go there and go, yeah, this is our kind of folk, you know, and there's always a little, you're always going to get that Napoleon complex fan. It's like every place sucks, but my hometown, every every other (laughs) SEC town sucks compared to we, we don't have what we got. Like once you get over that, uh, then you'll realize like these are two great additions to the league. They, you know, when you go back to A and M and Missouri, like A and M was a natural fit. I think I think Missouri is still trying to find itself in this league and where exactly things fit geographically, um, historically. You know, their biggest rival is still a team that's not in the conference in Kansas, who they don't play anymore on a regular. But it's 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 a different deal. But but the other three. All just like unbelievably natural fits that add to the league. I'm going to point this out. Okay. Michigan's the winningest football program in the country. Ohio State and Alabama are tied at two. Alabama's the winningest program historically in the SEC. When Texas and Oklahoma join, they will be the second and third most winning program all time in the Southeastern Conference. Yeah. They've won, they're number five and six nationally behind Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Notre Dame. Then you got Texas and OU, mm. uh, and then Penn State, Nebraska, Georgia right now, and Tennessee are, are right behind Alabama, but uh, Texas and OU will be historically uh, up there right behind the tide. So that, that's the gravity of what's happening yeah. in terms of. I, I have strong. an interesting question for everybody here. I, one of the things that Kirby has been trying to do since he's been at Georgia is to eliminate the game in Jacksonville. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party that you can't call that anymore, but we will certainly. Um, 
I don't know if they're going to if that's going to work out or not, Mike. I mean, I know that they're having some renovations done uh, to the Jaguars Stadium here soon, and they're probably going to have to make some adjustments. But this game, there's a lot of reason to continue to play this neutral site game. Would you anticipate? I got your note there. Would you anticipate Texas in? A, and by, oh, I'm sorry. Kirby's reasoning for that is losing a recruiting weekend. He doesn't like losing because they don't recruit well enough at Georgia already. Mm-hmm. Um, would you anticipate once they get into the SEC and settled into the league that Texas and Oklahoma would ever want to do away with that ball game or do you, and play home and home? Or do you think they stay? That's a, that's a great question um, because I sense over the last few years, more and more momentum that Florida and Georgia fans both are ready to just say, thank you, thank you, Jacksonville. Appreciate the memories. Like there's the old school fan that's like, you can't break this tradition. And then there's the new school fan that would say, I'd rather have this in my backyard every other year. And, and I wonder, yeah, I wonder if Texas, Oklahoma, I don't, I don't sense that same momentum with that one. Um, I don't know why there's a difference there. And maybe, Maybe my senses are wrong. Maybe there's a huge uh, groundswell of support to to eliminate that and just go home and home. But I do think the Florida-Georgia one, before that last uh, press release, there was a lot of momentum that and people were telling me, like, yeah, it's, Jacksonville's just about done. Here's the thing I think about that, the difference between the two is, okay, Jacksonville puts out its share of prospects. But to be honest, you know, Florida probably – three or four guys, a recruiting cycle from there. Georgia, sometimes every now and then will get a kid out of there. It's not it's not the Dallas Metroplex, which is just dripping with talent. Uh, I think OU gets a lot of exposure in Dallas based on that game and, and has traditionally. And if you look at where they go get players, Dallas is a big hotbed for Oklahoma. Uh, and, and I think the Longhorns being in the capital coming up playing in Dallas is, is probably something they'd like to keep as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think just the differences between the Dallas Metroplex and Jacksonville are probably uh, – Yeah, no, that's a great point. That, that's coming a great point. There. Whereas on the other side, like you could just tell – like Georgia is just about done with it. Like Georgia is just yeah. done. And I think the younger Florida fan is kind of like, why are we giving up a game in the swamp every other year against Georgia? And then you you can always look at when you're not having as much success as you would like in a rivalry like that, then change is always a good thing, right? So Georgia's pretty much dominating Jacksonville here of late. So how many Florida fans are really, let's keep this going another 50 years? Like it, there might be that kind of stalled a little bit. That Michael, you've driven that that back road from from Gainesville to Jacksonville through Waldo with like the world's Waldo, biggest Florida. speed trap. Yeah, <laughs> I had a tasty Whataburger on that along that road after the twenty ten. <laughs> For those that don't know the, the, that road, and I forget the the number that coincides yeah. with the road seven three seventy eight something. I don't know. Well, that's that's Columbia Lexington, right? Yeah, that's that's goes that go all the way. <laughs> My bad, uh, but but it, it wrong so state. It, it cuts from Gainesville to to Jacksonville, and and it goes from like it's one of these like uh, two lane or four lane road four lane roads that goes from like sixty five. Then if you're not paying attention, like if you're changing the radio station or something on your iPod, it goes sixty five, fifty five, forty five, thirty five, mm-hmm. and in the blink of an eye, you're still going sixty five, and the cop pulls you and he's got you on radar going sixty eight and a thirty five. That's how they make their money. It's 301. Uh, 
which by the way 301 comes all the way up here cuts through allendale and all that there you go there you go but yeah it's like uh you know rasco Pecol train running the the, the the speed trap unit over there and they, that's that <laughs> is their economy same thing when you get off 85 and go uh through jefferson to get to athens or commerce, both that's ways right. are. are that's that's yeah, right. That's oh yeah, it's better go yeah. up to Athens through Atlanta, off of Atlanta. I mean, through yep. Atlanta than to be coming from a northern or other destination. So, Mike, we want to shift gears with you quickly because uh, we got to get you out of here in just a little bit. But the World Series coming up this weekend. Uh, before we get into those teams, let's talk about the team that we cover that is not in Omaha, uh, South Carolina. Two wins shy by virtue of going to the swamp in playing the Gators, <clears throat> I think Florida, I, th- I I personally think it's going to be Florida and Wake Forest in the national championship game. Mike, that's just my thoughts. It's mm-hmm. going to be a one-two one, matchup. We'll see. But um, summarize, in your opinion, the Gamecocks 2023 season. Well, it ended by losing to what I think is the most talented team in that World Series field. Um, I agree. And, and that doesn't mean they're going to win it. You know, Florida's only won at one time. That was in 2017. That was not the most talented Florida team. They hit something like 238 uh, as a team. They just kind of scratched and clawed their way to a World Series, but it wasn't their best team. This is not this Tennessee team's not nearly as good as last year's Tennessee team. This year's Tennessee team's in Omaha. Last year's not. Um, but to, to circle back to the Gamecocks, look, anytime you can get to a super, in my mind, it's a successful year. It's always the hardest thing to lose because you're so close to Omaha. You're either one or two losses away. In this case, you're two. And so it's a tough pill to swallow. And you don't want to hear, yeah, but they were more talented. And you don't want to hear uh, sometimes super regionals just don't go your way. You don't want to hear it. You're on the road. You don't want to hear any of those things as a fan. I get it. But when you get to the final 16 in college baseball, now more than ever, it is more difficult. Look at those teams in that field. Um, look at NIL. Look at all just the, the landscape of college baseball. How much it is dramatically changed since the Gamecocks went back-to-back titles in 2010-2011 is almost immeasurable. It, it really is. Now, some things haven't changed. Like LSU is still really good. But guess what? They don't go to Omaha every year. They don't go to Omaha every other year even with the coaching changes that they've made. And that coaching hire, by the way, that was not their first choice. And Paul Maneri didn't just retire on a whim. A lot of things that went down there that that uh, are, are not necessarily known to everybody, but um, they wound up getting a good coach. It's just not necessarily who the fans, a bulk load of them, wanted. But he can coach, and when you get – Tommy Tanks in the transfer portal and, and Paul Skeens in the transfer portal, and you've already got the best hitter in college baseball and Dylan Cruz. Like, <laughs> they're tough. They're tough to beat. Stanford's in it for, I think, the fourth straight year. We don't talk about Stanford for a lot of different reasons. Uh, us in the South don't, but they just they just get there. They just do this all the time. Um, I think when you look at it, the I, I mentioned Florida. That wasn't their best Florida team. 2019 Vanderbilt and 2011 Carolina those two teams were just stocked and stacked and not surprising at all that they won it all every other champion you could go through Ole Miss Mississippi State Coastal Carolina Virginia you you can go through this list Oregon State the year that they the last Oregon State title that they all kind of came out of nowhere in a lot of ways some of them barely got in the tournament 
the rest of them, they got in the tournament not very highly seated, and then they got to Omaha certainly not as favorites. So that's why I say, yeah, I think Florida's the most talented. I think LSU is very close to that. I think Wake Forest is very close to that. But that doesn't mean that those are going to be the last team standing when it's all said and done. It, it truly is a, a crapshoot of sort at this point. I don't like teams that have never been there, so I, you know, I'm not going to go with Oral Roberts anytime soon. And for that matter, even Wake Forest, none of those kids have been in this in this environment. So that could and they play in a bandbox ballpark. That's not going to be the case at TD Ameritrade. So that's why I, I tend to lean not so heavily on on Wake, but um, but I think it's you know it's a solid field. It's going to be unpredictable like it normally is. Thank thank goodness we finally have home runs in that ballpark. It's still a pitcher friendly, but it's not like it used to be where it played like Yellowstone. I, yeah, look, before anybody corrects Mike, uh, he knows it, 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 they're about to tell you it's Charles Schwab. They they, yeah. they changed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my bad. I didn't mean to screw. Well, up I mean, bank. it's just like SunTrust Park. <laughs> the bank will always yeah. be TD. Yeah, SunTrust yeah. Park is well, it always always be Rosenblatt to me. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. There you go. Here, what the name of the sponsor is every five years, but yeah, I had a feeling that was changed. My bad. I tell you what. I I think. Not that I'm not at all, you know, intrigued by the Friday matchups. I love seeing Oral Roberts in there. By the way, Caleb Denny transferred to South Carolina from ORU. He's probably sitting here going, how did that even happen? <laughs> um, you know, here they are with 50-plus wins. So they're hot at the right time, Mike. Uh, TCU is a three-seed. I circled before the tournament. I thought these guys could be dangerous. They Here they are. Uh, they know how to get to Omaha. They've done it, and mm-hmm. they're back. You've got Virginia and Florida again. They're used to it. Uh, Stanford and Wake. Uh, Wake probably better be careful against Stanford. Sometimes no luck's doubt. just on your side, and it sure was the other day. But I, 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 you know, it's it's the luck of the draws, the way it works out. I, I just injustice to the sport is done at seven o'clock Saturday night. Tennessee and LSU. I, I can't wait to watch it. But um, I think that Tennessee. I think you said this earlier this year, and I'm going to give you credit. And if it's not yours, just take it anyways. Okay, I'll take it. Some, Sometimes it's the it's the year after the year. No, I did that say that. Thinks. Yeah, that yeah, and I, and well, I believe are. that that's that that's totally the case. Um, and again, I mean, I <clears throat> yeah, you you I, I get into this all the time. Um, the the most talented Gamecock team I got to call games for was 2004, and if it wasn't for Cal State Fullerton throwing a kid's arm out so he could just keep going out there and shoving. <laughs> Um, the Gamecocks yeah. might have won their first title in 2004. That team was absolutely loaded. 2000 was a special team. They were not nearly as deep as 2004. 2010 was obviously obviously a, a special team. Um, but what made 2011 so special, in addition to the talent, is those guys just the, the chemistry. This is the thing you cannot predict in baseball is that the chemistry, uh, the X factor. I know it sounds cliche, but – some teams have it and some don't. Um, there's a lot of teams that play with, you know, high draft picks and guys that can put up numbers, but it is it is a little bit unique from Major League Baseball. There There is more of a, a, a team aspect, a, a little bit more of a rah-rah aspect, a little bit, a little bit more of a self-sacrifice aspect of it than you're going to find in a Major League World Series. So, uh, yeah, I, I think very often there's no doubt, for example, the Tennessee team um, last year was more talented. And and I picked that this year's team would get to Omaha this year. Um, 
because I just think sometimes that's the way it works. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta learn, you gotta take your lumps. You gotta, you gotta lose the heartbreaker when everybody thinks you're the, you know what, and then with a lesser talented team, you break through. And sometimes very often that's how it works. I mentioned 2017 Florida. Uh, if, if you look at the 2018 Oregon state team, that was not their best team. The back-to-back teams were, um, but they just they caught lightning in a bottle, and they went, and they also had help, of course, but the, the infamous pop fly dropped by Arkansas. Otherwise, we'd be talking about the SEC winning one, two, three, four, five straight national championships instead of the three or four out of five. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's why I, I, I say Florida's the most talented. Uh, it won't make Gamecock fans feel any better to lose to the most talented team because you did sweep them in the, in the regular season. But the when, the where, uh, how teams are riding at the time, healthy, non-healthy, all those things factor into that, into that stuff for sure. Yeah, Tennessee fans will probably appreciate you saying it's the next year, Mike, because their 97 football team was loaded. That's with, right. Uh, Peyton, uh, great those example. Guys, they that's, lost that's, to Florida and got yeah, whipped like, by Nebraska in the Orange Bowl, and then it was the next season. That's the perfect football. I don't know if there's a better football example, JC, of what I'm just talking about with baseball as it pertains to football. There's no doubt. The 97 Tennessee team will always go down as a more talented team and a team that could have, would have, should have, but they couldn't, for whatever reason, get past Florida. I mean, part of the reason was they had a Hall of Fame coach and they had Heisman Trophy quarterbacks and blah, 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 blah. But all of a sudden in 98, they do figure that out. I think on a last-second field goal, if I'm not mistaken, and T. Martin was a good college quarterback. Doesn't matter he wasn't a great pro. He was a good college quarterback. And sometimes it's all you need in college football to win a national championship. Yeah, I think, make... so, yeah. So yeah. Good good point. Do you want to make a pick for who wins this year's national ch- or do you want do you have a pick for who plays in the game? For baseball? On each, on each side of the bracket. Yep. Uh, I haven't looked at it from a bracket standpoint, but I'll I'll take Florida. I I will go I will I'm I'm kind of I'm with you. Contradicting myself a little bit. And that I think they're the most talented team, and I do think if you put put a gun in my head, they would win. But honestly, like I, I've got a friend of mine, a talk show host in town, and he actually went to a casino and he's like betting on teams. I was like, this is all I need is like a Brad Bohannon type, uh, you know, trace on my phone, like helping him make picks. And I just told him the same. You know, I said, look, you, you could throw away those odds. Like, I, there's to me, there's probably four, five teams of the eight that can truly win it all. And the top couple are not a lock by any stretch. But I would take Florida on one as on one side of the bracket and then is I'd have to see who the other four on the other bracket are. Yeah. Say it again. Wake, Stanford, LSU and Tennessee. Yeah, that's loaded. <laughs> wow. Give me yeah, LSU. I know. Give me give me LSU. Are you going with LSU? The, yeah, because I mean, if Skeens is going to break it. the, he's going to break my man Ben McDonald's strikeout record. Um, if Skeens can go the way they space it out, he could get as many as what three starts. Uh, and I just don't know if anybody's hitting him. I'm going with the balls, I, man. Their their bullpen just scares me, Mike. No, it's just, not good. It's not. It's not a good bullpen at all. Yeah. I, I get it. That's the thing with Florida. Their bullpen came together, and their starter. We knew it. We knew it back when they got beat by Carolina. If their bullpen could get it figured out, watch out. And they did. Well, and and the thing is, too, with with Florida, I mean, Sully is always recruiting 
like Florida and Vandy. It's like death taxes and Florida and Vandy are going to have a bunch of guys that throw 96 and very few colleges have that. They all have a couple of guys, but very few stockpile arms the way Sully and Tim Corbin do. And that goes back to recruiting and whatever their secret formula is, it is what it is. And they, and they make it happen. Um, and so you might right. think you have a great pitching staff and then you look at, all you got to do is look at the, like the projected draft every year right. and it's full of Florida and Vanderbilt pitchers. Just stop at the number 10 in the first round. You'll, you'll figure it out. Right. Right. I mean, it's just like, it's like every single stinking year. So if I'm going to pick one thing that my program's going to have every year to give me the best chance of being the most consistent player in Omaha, uh, winning the most national titles, playing for the most national titles. It's going to be depth in my pitching staff. And if you go over, you know, two-year spans, three-year spans, and see, they can take the hit like other programs can't. Like last year, Carolina takes all those injuries to their rotation. I could have told you before opening day, like they were not going to be good. I, I that, that was, to me, a very easy prediction. I could have saved, I could have saved everybody a lot of time and, and John Whittle, a lot of articles, and I love John, that this was not going to be a team that went very far because they don't – You most 99% of college programs, when you have those kind of injuries on, on the mound, you can't recover. You don't have enough to, to get out there. I mean, look at Mississippi State this year. They can hit the ball with just about anybody in the league. They couldn't pitch worth a damn, and they got clobbered. So yeah. when, you, when you're go, every, every program in America – I don't care who your pitching coach is. I don't care what your program is. You're going to have arms that go down. And it's not like the big leagues where you can just make a phone call to AAA and bring a guy up. In college, with 11.7 scholarships, if you lose two or three quality arms, you're really over a barrel. You just don't have that kind of depth to, to do it. But the closest thing to teams that do are Florida and Vanderbilt on a regular basis. <sighs> I'm so glad you said that. makes me feel better. You know, because uh, some people just don't believe that, but you know. It well, is what's what it? it is. T- 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 but, I, 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 all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to extend my time here. What What is the What is the latest criticism? So, if I went on to BigSpur.com today and I went on the message board, uh, let me let me predict this. Uh, <laughs> Ray, well, needs to, Ray needs well, to fire Kingston. Raise the problem. Um, we should be going to Omaha at least every other year. Am, am I getting warm? Like, is that? Oh, there's some of those the, out there. I mean, there's some the, of those everywhere. I, 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 it's, I, I think it's, you know, a lot of, I haven't really read much of it, to be honest with you, the last few days, but, um, but, but you guys get it on your show. Like you, you get text messages yeah. and all, so you, it's, I'm not just talking, yeah. uh, yeah. about the message boards. Nowadays, you can get it on all kinds of different venues and you guys have, for no, my they, money, the, the best show running here. So I know you hear from the fans. What? Well, they what? they got. I I, th- I think a lot of people had a hard time accepting that South Carolina got beat by a better team. Florida was better. I mean, if if Eli Jerzebeck had pitched all year and he was healthy, if Noah Hall never gone down and he was healthy, yeah. you got a different. You're having a different conversation. Oh, no question. Maybe. That's what. I, that's mm-hmm. my point. I mean, if, you know, so, if yeah. especially Noah Hall, like that's a huge, huge injury, and like. I get it. Like nobody wants to hear excuses. Everybody has injuries, but there's just very few programs today that can withstand that blow. Most of them wouldn't be able to get to a super regional. Carolina really turned it around late. They deserve credit for that. They played their tails off late. They they, they kicked tail uh, in the regionals, um, and then they were very, they were very competitive. It's not like they got 
completely demolished by Florida. They lost a one-run game, and I that, that's the one thing I keep going back to. If you're going to win a Super, I'd rather win game one than any other advantage. Home field is nice, but I'd rather win game one. Um, all the other intangibles, I'd rather win game one. And they lost that game one, and that's when I said, well, now you're you're really you're behind yeah. the eight ball. Mike, we'll let you run on that note. I'll give you my best Kevin O'Sullivan recruiting pitch to have you back. Uh, Mike, we'd, we'd lo- we'd, we'd what's the, what's the NIL package look yeah, like? We, I'm sure they're they're throwing some NIL money around there in Gainesville. I know they're doing it at LSU. I know they're doing yeah. it at Arkansas. Baseball is in the NIL world, my friends. It's, oh yeah, it is. It ain't just football <laughs> oh, yeah. and basketball. Yeah. And and these kids no. now, if you, if you think your coach that has the you know the most schmoozing personality is going to get the top recruits or the top transfers over NIL money. Sadly Wrong. Mistaken. I mean, uh, all it takes is one look at O'Sullivan. I mean, Mike, uh, you're uh, I like your style, and uh, you can go to the big leagues, <laughs> well, and come play here, and uh, we've got a good team. So yeah, I mean, what Soli what Soli has is that he's got a he's got a real good track record with yeah. scouting and he, and all the cross checkers out there. Like he's got a he's got a he real, he's in with those guys. He's got a really good rep with them. So does Tim Corbin, and you yep. start to to develop that reputation of like you go here, and I'm going to help develop you into a first round draft pick, like. They've got receipts on that, right? Where most coaches don't. Most coaches are trying to develop. Dave Van Horn in Arkansas, like he's got receipts on that. That's what happens when you don't fire coaches every five, ten years. Like you, you get that stability, you get that continuity, and you get those that track record. That all of a sudden now it's like dads of recruits are like, yeah, well, all I know is uh, they just had five first round draft picks in the last two years, last three years. Like maybe this is where my boy ought to play. <laughs> And they won three national championships. Must that be never pretty hurts good either. down there. Yeah, yeah, that, that never hurts either. Guys enjoyed well, it. Yeah, we always love seeing you, man. Really good Same stuff. Here. And uh, certainly look forward to getting you back in really, really soon. I look forward to it. Thanks, Be Mike. well, guys. Enjoyed it. Thank you. There you go. The great Thanks, Mike, Mike Morgan, the Golden Tones, who just shut his computer on us. That was pretty good stuff there, closing the book on our program. All right. Uh, we need to close the book on this very long and extended steg- uh, segment. But don't go anywhere. Big, big news for a couple of members of the Gamecock baseball program. And I'll tell you what it means because it's pretty significant. Hang tight inside the Gamecocks. The show teed up by travelingcountryclub.com the coolest golf club in the carolinas with 45 courses to play yeah can't believe it let's check it out travelingcountryclub.com we'll be right back electric bikes of charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels <laughs> magnum velotric inventive bikes and more and they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside 
all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe will you? And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nana'sPorch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. This is Coleman from the Yardcocks. Electric bikes of Charleston powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks of the show, everybody. Special thanks to Mike Morgan again for joining yeah. the program on the McKellar Enterprises guest line. Always good to hear from him. Mikey! My, Mikey! Hey, yo, Mikey! <laughs> uh, we just Although, what Col- is it that they give him hell on on J.C. and Morgan for never having seen the movie The Program? Is that the one? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's yeah. a disgrace. But I heard that J.C.'s never seen Tombstone, so these guys aren't qualified to judge movies anymore. This is ridiculous. How can you not see Tombstone or the program? They are two institutions of U.S. movie stuff, whatever that word is. Cinema, cinema, <laughs> cinema. Have you seen? Have you seen? Have you seen? Have you seen Wyatt Earp? Yes, but you I've haven't seen, seen Tombstone. Oh. Ah, I need to get it caught up on my cowboy movies. And I like a good Western, too, you know. Don't get me 310 wrong. to Yuma, by the way. The original and the remake with Christian Bale are good. Big fan of that. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Uh, Quantrill says he's good, the bad, and the ugly kind of guy, though. An old Eastwood guy. Yeah. Quantrill, those are good to take a nap to, too, if you're hungover on a Sunday afternoon. I love, I love Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood's mm. the man. Everything he does. Go ahead. Make um, my day. Real quick here. We just saw Cole Messina uh, uh, powering. Helping to power 
your bites from Charleston. Hats off to Cole Messina and Ethan Petrie. This, this is a big deal. One of the uh, great awards for college baseball, or some of the great awards for college baseball, in my opinion, every year are awarded by the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association. Uh, it's a great group of guys. Um, and they have announced that this year, Ethan Petrie has been named to the first team All-America squad. And Cole Messina has been named a second team All-American by the NCBWA. Guys, those are your three and four hole hitters next year coming back. First team and second team All-Americans, uh, which is unbelievable. And uh, Petrie, by the way, is the 24th Gamecock ever to be named first. Team All American. He is, though, the first in eight years. Kyle Martin was the last one, the first baseman who was named to Baseball America's first team in 2015. So, um, really, really, really cool stuff for these guys. Congratulations to them. Petri, of course, hit 376 uh, on the season, and Messina hit 307, but they combined for 40 home runs and they combined for 140 RBI. And those are your three and four hole hitters next year for South Carolina. So the future is certainly bright. Congratulations to Somerville's Cole Messina and Lando Lakes, Florida's Ethan Petrie. Yeah, no doubt. It's a special, special season for those guys. I mean, it was fun to watch. Just, I mean, Petrie coming out of nowhere. I mean, you know, you know, who would have seen that from a freshman and, Good to see that we got a solid guy behind the plate. Uh, I believe when he was injured yeah. in the times, those games he could not play were uh, – it was extremely impactful that he was not on the field. Boy, we've we've covered that time and time again. There's yeah. – uh, you can't and you can't cover it enough, Phil, because there's no doubt. I mean, right. it was yeah. a blatant, <laughs> blatant hole in pretty much all facets of the game for Carolina baseball. Um, certainly, uh, looking forward to the rest of the week. Uh, we will continue our born to crow series next week, and that will be with former South Carolina offensive lineman, Sidarius Hutcherson. So we're looking forward to getting him in and, uh, looking back on his career and, and all that type of stuff with Sidarius, who I can't wait to tell him the Michael Flint story when this kid was just brought to campus. Flint saw him in practice one day and said, they need to move that guy to the offensive line, and if they do, he's going to be one of the best they have. I just, I said, why did you say that? And he said, because I watched his footwork. He's an offensive lineman. And then two years later, the kid's all SEC. Uh, so uh, certainly looking forward to getting him in. And uh, we will also next week, this is next week, not tomorrow, uh, we do have shows planned, but these are some things that we, some guys we either never had on or haven't had on in a while. Uh, we'll be joined next week by Pat DeMarco as well. I think everybody knows Pat well. And this Friday, while we also plan to have our friend Stuart Lake, Phil will be joined by whom? We have the number two welcome home from the other day, Mason Love. Big right. name punter out of the state of Missouri. I love it. I know, man. I mean, you get to I talk. Absolutely to love that. That's I right. love this guy. That'll be that great. Dog. It's a pig. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Sidarius is a graduate assistant for Sean Elliott at Georgia State now, so he just started that position. So 
Um, Sean Elliott's grooming, grooming all of our future coaches. <laughs> hey, yeah, well, well, Sean found him out, out in West Tennessee, and the uh, the Spurrier staff kind of heed and hauled about taking him. And then when, when Muschamp got there, Muschamp said, yeah, definitely take that guy. <laughs> and yeah. uh, he, I think he picked the Gamecocks over Memphis, and Memphis wanted him as a defensive lineman. So really good guy. I've gotten to know him pretty well. Uh, through the years, and uh, congrats on him getting moved to Atlanta and, and starting a coaching career. Hopefully, be a very successful coaching career. Uh, but he's got a great story, and um, certainly will be interested to, to dive into you know what it was like, you know, coming to Carolina uh, right there at the beginning of the Muschamp era, and and uh, making all those starts, and you know, being one of the better offensive linemen on the team. So. Uh, and gaining uh, 80 pounds, kind of like me. We, I'm sorry. I'm taking this thing in a way. And by the way, Brandon, don't worry about that recruiting ranking. Just trust yeah, me. No, it's, no. Don't, don't, don't look at it. the uh, hey, look average, at his number. average look player at, rating. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're still top five. And, and uh, <laughs> it's only going to get higher. Look at who's number 18. So it, that should tell you all, all you need to know. I'm sorry. I just saw this on Twitter. Alabama has a corner named Kool-Aid McKinstry. Yeah, I oh, saw yeah. that. I was reading an article about that the other day. Is it <laughs> hilarious? Really, you, is Kool Aid? When they asked Saban about him, you know, because Saban's like, "Well, Kool Aid is," um, <laughs> and it's just like you just sit there like, Kool Aid. So, oh golly, man, the old name team has a winner. That's right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go read this article in the state about. Uh, they're saying there was only forty nine thousand people at the games this past year. I don't know. I, I, I uh, Wait, do what now? Yeah, it's on the big spur. We'll talk about it tomorrow. I guess forty nine thousand people at the football games. The what game? Yeah, I don't know what they're getting. Into. I haven't read the whole article. There's a post, and it's it's behind a paywall. Um, and I uh, I canceled my membership because it kept wanting me to log in, and I could never get past the paywall, even though I was paying. Uh, but I have a news app on Apple that'll that's part the state's part of it, so I'll go read it. And we can discuss that. Tomorrow. I mean, I was at every single game, and I could. I wasn't shocked. Forty nine thousand. Maybe the South Carolina State game there was forty nine. Right. Yeah. That's the yeah. There might have been. Yeah. There were forty nine thousand people in one shot of half the stadium. <laughs> I mean, so, I'd like to figure out uh, what's going on there, and uh, if that was written by Ben. Then we can have him on and figure out what this information, where it's coming from. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I have no problem with Ben. Ben's 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 been awesome to me. I think Ben's a great guy. But I'd like to know. Yeah, um, it's like explaining uh, to do. Reported <laughs> versus. I don't know ticket, who wrote it though. I don't know who wrote ticket it. Ticket scanned fifty thousand for Georgia, forty nine for A and M, fifty for Tennessee. I that's bullshit. Bullcrap. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I mean, I was at all the All you got to do is look. I mean, you know, uh, is yeah. does Williams Bryce not seat eighty thousand or seventy seven thousand people? Is that? I somebody to write something like that. You probably should go count the seats. My opinion, just just my opinion, <laughs> guys. That's right, and and if you're so ignorant as to print that before you do so, you should do them in person, one by one. Yeah. Keep a little tally. One. Two, yeah, I'm not uh, three. Just not get started. Man. Might finish it up by the time we start playing football again. Um, we. Hi, JC. Oh, all right. 
We'll find out tonight who Carolina will play, you know, next year. We know who they play this year, but next year. And then we'll compare and contrast all of our notes tomorrow on the program. Can't wait for that. It is National Flag Day. Wear those colors and fly that flag proudly. We're all Americans here. There's only, only, in case anybody was ever wondering, one flag for the United States. It is also the birthday of the U.S. Army. Happy birthday. And it is National Bourbon Day. So have a bourbon for all of those who have joined the Army and who fly their flag. Have a bourbon for America. How about that? That's right. Or JC and Phil and Mike Morgan. I'm JB. See you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks. The show built by the Barndo Co. And, of course, live from the Sinorama Studios.